Let's Gamble on the Academy Awards. And welcome to the Action Network's Oscars Bets podcast. I am Chris Raybon. I am joined by Katie Richcreek and Colin Whitchurch as we are going to break down all of our best bets for this year's Oscars. Uh, of course, we dropped another podcast where you can listen to us break down each of the eight major categories. So if you want to check that out, that is currently out now. But here, to talk about all of our best bets for this upcoming Oscars, uh, including a couple of debates between underdog upsets uh, that you guys can pick through. So uh, let's get right into it. Katie, let's start us off. I know you like a long shot uh, bet for international feature. I sure do. So I would be shocked if drive my car does not win as a minus 2,500 favorite this Sunday. It has a best picture, best director, best adapted screenplay nomination, but we're looking for betting value. And this is my favorite long shot is worst person in the world to win best international feature. My case for that very quickly is just the film has generated a lot of buzz. Joachim Trier flipped the rom-com script to fit 2022 and the buzz coupled with its original screenplay nomination makes it just viable enough of a contender within this category to make the value at 10 to one worth a bet. Yeah, I love driving my car, but I started it and it's still going and I started it last week. So a uh, long ass movie, uh, maybe it gets upset, um, but let's talk about some shorts, some shorter movies, um, because I think these are some of the best values on the board because uh, they're not as popular. And so people don't know as much about them. So when I'm making my Oscar bets, I look at a site called goldderby.com. It's where a, a bunch of industry experts essentially make their picks. So it's kind of like the sharps uh, of the Oscar betting. Uh, and I kind of uh, translate the percentage of picks to an implied odds and I compare it to the, the real odds. And I see value for all three uh, of the short film categories, starting with uh, best documentary short. The Queen of Basketball is getting about 70% of the picks on Gold Derby. So it should be about minus 230. And you can still get it at minus 155 on DraftKings. So great value there. Uh, then we have uh, Best Live Action Short. And The Long Goodbye is getting about 83% uh, of the picks on Gold Derby. So that should be all the way up at about minus 475 but you can get that at minus 225 on DraftKings. So another great value. Uh, and then finally, small value on best animated short, Robin Robin, uh, getting about 65% of the vote on Gold Derby. It should be about minus 190, and you can get it at minus 175 on DraftKings. So not as big of a value there uh, for best animated short for Robin Robin, but I really do like uh, the long goodbye for live action and queen of basketball for documentary uh, in, in the short film categories. And then one more I wanted to talk about uh, is best song. Now, I think, you know, Billie Eilish is had the best song with No Time to Die. It is the front runner. But uh, on Gold Derby, a lot of the experts uh, seem to think that Dos Origuitas from Encanto uh, could potentially pull the upset. It's getting about 40% of the vote. So that should be, um, you know, about plus 150 odds. And it's all the way up at plus 225 at DraftKings. So uh, it's a decent long shot uh, that you could take a chance on with Lin-Manuel Miranda uh, for that one. So uh, those are kind of my best bets in, in some of the less popular categories that I think 
um, you can find value at because the market is going to be even less sharp uh, in, in terms of um, what the books are posting. But let's go into uh, another one. And Colin, I, I know you want to talk about one of my favorite films uh, of the year, and that is Flea, which is nominated in in three categories, uh, documentary, international and animated feature. Uh, talk about this and, and where you are uh, investing. Yes, I love Flea. It's one of my favorite movies of the year. And I'm it, like you said, it's remarkably nominated Best Animated Feature, Best International Feature and Best Documentary Feature. It somehow fits into all three categories. I'm not going to explain to you how that's possible. I just recommend everyone go see it. It's that good. Unfortunately, it has little chance of bringing home a gold statue in any of those three categories. It's not a favorite in any of the three, but Best Documentary Feature represents its best chance. Since the BAFTAs began awarding a documentary feature regularly back in 2011, it has dominated in terms of predicting Academy Award success. Last year, it correctly predicted My Octopus Teacher, which was the fifth correct prediction in the last 10 years. The IDAs, the International Documentary Awards, have been awarding a top prize here for a lot longer, but since the BAFTAs introduced the category, the IDAs have only three correct predictions. This year, the BAFTAs awarded their top prize to Summer of Soul, which is the Oscar favorite, while the IDAs went with Flea. So the odds are stacked against Flea, but Plus 340 presents pretty good value here for a legitimate upset and a deserved upset. We don't have to go back very far to find an instance where the Academy went with the IDA choice over the BAFTAs. It was 2016 when OJ Made in America beat 13th. So while Flea doesn't have a shot at Best International Feature in any way, shape, or form, and its Best Animated Feature odds are too long to recommend, with Encanto probably taking the prize there, Best Documentary Feature is where it has some value. I think that the Academy is going to want to recognize its brilliance somewhere, so that's the category that it's going to do so. So I'll take Flea plus 340. I'd probably bet it to plus 300. Yeah, Flea is uh, like I've gone back and forth on this because, you know, looking at Gold Derby, it actually does have um, some value in terms of best animated feature. You know, some of the experts are thinking it's only about 12 percent, but it should be about plus 733 would be fair odds. Uh, And it is up at plus a thousand on FanDuel. So it's a super long shot, but there are some industry kind of insiders that think it does have a chance. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm kind of with you. I, when I watched both of them, I watched them back to back and I, I thought Summer of Soul was amazing. And I was like, wow, no wonder that's the front runner. And then I saw Flea and I was like, I don't know. Um, so the only kind of knock against Flea, you know, besides what you laid out is that at, here at Gold Derby, you know, the this film that looks like it's undervalued now is Summer of Soul. So uh, Summer of Soul, uh, is getting about 88% of the support on Gold Derby, uh, which means that should be about, you know, 733 and it's closer to minus 300. So uh, I don't know. I'm going kind of back and forth on that. But my initial gut was telling me that like Flea ha- does have a chance in this documentary category. So uh, I kind of like that one. All right. Uh, let me quickly talk about uh, the eyes of Tammy Faye for makeup and hairstyle. And then we'll jump into uh, film editing. I know we all have a, an opinion. There's There seems to be a lot of value in that one. But uh, quickly, the eyes of Tammy Faye uh, in the makeup and hairstyling category. Uh, this one is a near unanimous choice on Gold Derby, and you can get it at uh, minus 300. Uh, so minus 300 gives it about a 75% chance to win. At Gold Derby, it's closer to 90%, um, including all of every single one of the Gold Derby editors. So I think that this is a, a good value, a good um, bet that you can kind of parlay with others if you don't want to just lay the juice outright. Um, so, you know, you're kind of looking for these 
uh, kind of sure things that aren't like minus 2,500. And I think Tammy Faye for makeup and hairstyling definitely qualifies, but uh, I want to talk about film editing and Katie, I'll start with you. Um, you know, this category, there's Dune, there's King Richard um, in this one. And I, I think there's kind of some uncertainty. It, it's wide open. You know, Dune is a very short favorite, even power of the dog uh, is still there. Um, you know, at, at three and a half to one. Uh, what do you think uh, of this category? Wide open is the correct way to explain it. And we're about to get into some more categories after this one that are also open, thus creating value. I personally like King Richard's value for film editing. It won the ACE over the favored Dune and over Power of the Dog. So I'm seeing value at that plus 200 price. Pamela Martin's work on the fighter and battle of the sexes prepped her for the challenge of editing a film about sports, but really this is a film about complex characters and her editing really enhanced Will Smith's performance of Richard Williams. So this is the, uh, the, the film I'm targeting for editing. Oh, you have any thoughts there? I agree with Katie to a certain extent. The Ace Eddie Awards prize for top drama has historically been the best predictor for Oscar success. It's gotten 12 right since 2000. However, it's been wrong the last two years. Um, so King Richard with the second lowest odds is interesting here. The BAFTAs have actually been more predictive than the Ace Eddie Awards for drama historically. However, the BAFTAs gave its top prize to no, no Time to Die this year, which wasn't even nominated. The Ace Eddies, like the Golden Globes, split their categories into drama and comedy musical. And their comedy musical winner this year was actually Tick, Tick, Boom, which we see all the way down at plus 1300 on FanDuel. So I agree with Katie that King Richard is the pick at plus 200, given the Ace Eddie success. However, I wouldn't discredit Tick, Tick, Boom as an kind of extra long shot nibble of a bet there, um, just given its, its win at the Ace Eddies. We, we also should mention, Chris, that if you're going to be betting a lot of these awards, the shorts you mentioned, the technical categories here, a lot of people like to bet kind of as the show goes on. But because of the Academy's ass nine decision to pre-record a lot of these categories, people need to get their bets in early. Film editing, documentary short, makeup and hairstyling, original score, production design, animated short, live action short, and sound are all going to be recorded the hour before the live broadcast begins. So it's likely these sports books are going to take them down ahead of time. So we just got to throw that out there for people to remember going into Sunday. Also yeah, to keep in mind is film editing is often correlated with best picture. So the fact that it is among the pre-recorded awards makes the best picture odds in the live window, potentially interesting. Yeah. And uh, you know, first of all, what a ridiculous idea to like cut film editing from the uh, like main show that uh, I just questionable editing. Yeah, right. Exactly. I mean, Hey, remember last year, you know, you had uh, what was it? Best actor. Everyone thought Chadwick was going to get it and they were going to close yes. the show. And then it, <laughs> you just got, so yeah, Oscars, uh, they got some things to fix, but I will say this. Uh, I kind of like to capitalize off of uncertainty, just like you guys. The one thing I'm noticing, you know, when we did the podcast yesterday, the major categories, I said, okay, it seems like power of the dog is the, you know, it was a front runner most of the season. And then like this one thing happened, and then now everybody's questioning it. And that one thing was, you know, the Producers Guild win for, for Coda. This editing category, I kind of feel like it's the same thing. Like Dune was the runaway favorite for most of the season. And then, you know, there's all these, you know, it's not, there's these, you know, the Eddie comes and 
you know, then the, the, the globe had split it up. And so there's not these like direct correlations between it's it competing with King Richard necessarily in every single precursor. I'm going to take the value and just go with King Richard. Um, you know, it's down to minus 120 at DraftKings. And that actually represents a, a pretty good value because Gold Derby still has it about 64%, which is should be closer to minus 190, minus 200. So uh, I'm just going to kind of go with the, with the, you know, weakened favorite and, and hope it hangs on there. Um, but I agree. I think this is one of the best categories where if you're looking for an underdog, if you're looking for a long shot, if you're looking for a short favorite, it has all of the ingredients, um, you know, to bet. So this is one of the best categories uh, is best editing. Uh, let's move on to actress. And I, I'm going to, I'm going to sit here and sit this one out and let uh, Katie, you and Colin kind of duke this one out because I'm sitting here with a plus five fifty ticket on the favorite Jessica Chastain, who's now minus 175. So uh, now at this point, I, I know you guys are looking uh, in, in other areas. So Colin, I'll start with you. Uh, what are you doing here for best actress? Yeah, in terms of the major awards, this is by far the most intriguing. The odds have been all over the place. Nicole Kidman was the favorite when nominations were announced. She's been leapfrogged by Jessica Chastain. That happened after she won at the SAG Awards. So the BAFTAs are actually the best predictor for best actress wins historically. They matched the Academy the last eight years and 16 times total since 2000. However, the BAFTAs gave their best actress awards to Joanna Scanlon for After Love. And Scanlon, of course, isn't even nominated here. The SAG Awards have been right 15 times since 2000. And that's the sole reason Chastain has moved into pole position, in my opinion. However, the SAGs have been incorrect in two of the last three years, as have the Golden Globes drama, which went to Kidman. So all of this has not anything can happen aura to it. And that seems really true. I think four of the five nominees, with apologies to Penelope for Parallel Mothers, which she's fantastic in, seemingly legitimately in the running to walk out of the theater with the trophy. So the other thing to consider here is the roles that these women play and their ages. Frances McDormand a year ago skirted the playing historic figure principle, um, but she did win as an actress over the age of 60. She was 63 last year. So this year we have three women playing historical figures, Chastain, Kidman, and Kristen Stewart. However, four of the five nominees fall into that middle ground age-wise where we don't often see Best Actress wins. Chastain's 44, Kidman's 54, Olivia Coleman's 48, and Cruz's 47. Kristen Stewart's only 31, so she fits into the principle of both historical figure and under the age of 35 or over the age of 60. I've wondered this entire time since I saw Spencer why Stewart isn't getting more love. I think there's just some hatred out there for her because of Twilight. But she's fantastic as Princess Diana and Spencer and very deserving of this award. And given the anything can happen aura around this award, I think plus 500 is too good to pass up. for. I'll disagree with Colin in terms of why I think Kristen Stewart hasn't gotten as much buzz for this award. I think it has less to do with Twilight and more to do with Spencer being a little bit controversial in terms of how it was received by folks. Maybe not controversial, but polarizing. People either really liked it, likely because you already like the royal family, or uh, you were unlikely to even see it in the first place. So, um, but I do agree with Colin that I do think four of these five actresses could viably win on Sunday. So I'm going to take my chances with Nicole Kidman, given the fact that Jessica Chastain's odds are now at minus money. Nicole Kidman does check that same historical figure box obviously having played Lucille Ball and being the Ricardos at 54. As Colin mentioned, she does fall into that unlikely category for age. But um, Kristen Stewart 
my argument against her is that she's young enough and will have chances later down the road in bigger films that more of the Academy will have seen and love. And Nicole Kidman um, hasn't won this award since 2002 when she portrayed Virginia Woolf in The Hours. So, you know, given how wide open it is, I like the value on Kidman at, at, at plus money. I said, I'm sitting this one out. I'm team Chastain, uh, even at the at the, the current numbers. But I, I will say this. I cannot believe we had a debate about best actress and neither of you are are, are picking Olivia Coleman. We know that the Academy loves Olivia Coleman. Oh, and I so you guys, yeah, you I guys are going to have to duke it out with my boy, Colin Wilson, because he he loves <laughs> Coleman. Uh, Ryan McKee loves. So it's 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 so wide open. This is another great category. Uh, to bet though. Um, all right, let's justice move. for Penelope Cruz. I'll say justice <laughs> for Penelope Cruz. She deserves more love. See parallel mothers. It's great. Uh, okay, let's talk original screenplay. Uh, this is another one where uh, Colin, you and Katie have uh, a, a bet here. So, Katie, why don't you start us off? What are you looking at for best original screenplay? I am looking at Belfast. This is another one of those races along with adapted screenplay that feels open enough that taking a shot with a film that's not favored is worth it. Belfast won the Critics' Choice, Licorice Pizza won the BAFTA, then Don't Look Up won the WGA, but Belfast wasn't eligible for the WGA, all of which to say or to illustrate how open this is. Belfast emerged early on as a favorite for a best picture. It's lost a lot of steam since then but it is the only best picture, rather the only of the three best picture uh, heavy contenders in this original screenplay category. And so I'm thinking that this could be the way the Academy tries to award Belfast. And this is the most likely award I see it winning. Yeah, I don't hate the Belfast pick. It's interesting given the, the fact that it was ineligible for the WGAs definitely throws a wrench into things. Um, I'm personally going with don't look up here. I think that this is the category where they're going to choose to award this film, a highly contentious film, people either loved or hated. I am on the former side there. I thought it was fantastic. Like you mentioned, Belfast wasn't, a bit, wasn't eligible at the WGAs. The WGAs gave their award to Don't Look Up, and the BAFTAs went with Licorice Pizza. And those two awards are basically split in predictability of Oscar success since 2000. The WGA has been correct 14 times, and the BAFTAs has been correct 13 times. Eight times they've agreed and been right. Once they've agreed and been wrong, that was Birdman over Grand Budapest Hotel in 2014. And once they have disagreed and still been wrong, which was Green Book over eighth grade and the favorite in 2018. While they disagree, when they disagree and one is right, however, the WGA holds a slight edge, correctly predicting the Academy Award six times to the BAFTAs five. The last time that happened was in 2017 when the BAFTAs went with three billboards outside Ebbing, Missouri. The Oscar went to WGA choice, get out. So the value here, I think, is on Don't Look Up at plus 410. A lot of bettors and the odds makers see it as close to a coin flip between Licorice Pizza and Belfast. And I understand why, but I think there's enough value on Don't Look Up at plus 410 that I'm going to make that my choice here. Yeah, this is going to be an interesting one. Uh, Personally, I I enjoy Licorice Pizza a lot more, um, but I I I also know there's a lot of controversy uh, surrounding that movie uh, without spoiling it. Uh, just some weird things that, that happened uh, near the end of that movie. So uh, that could be why it's it's kind of weakened. And this is another one of those wide open categories. But uh, I want to close it out with there's two categories where and we could kind of jump lump these into one and talk about them together, um, because I know you, you 
You both have uh, bets on each. Um, it's child to deaf adults or CODA uh, versus power of the dog. And I think best picture and best adapted screenplay uh, either could win and they're both kind of duking it out right now. So uh, Colin, I'll start with you. Just talk about what you're doing for, for uh, in kind of differentiating between these two movies. Sure. For adapted screenplay, I think it's pretty clear cut for CODA here. Um, the WGAs and the BAFTAs were in agreement on CODA. Um, there's only been one time since 2000 that those two awards agreed and that film didn't win the Oscar. That was 2009 when Precious beat up in the air and that's considered one of the bigger upsets in recent Oscar history. So I think CODA at minus 140 is incredible value. It's the one time on the show you're actually seeing me pick a favorite um, just because I, I feel that strongly about it. I think that when those two awards are in agreement, it's it's a shoe in that 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 movie's going to win. Best picture I'm going with Coda just I, I can't ignore the steam. You know, when these nominations first came out, Coda was sitting in the plus 2000 to plus 3000 range. You're sitting there looking at the long shots and you're like, which film is going to steam in the six weeks leading up to the show? And my guess for that was Licorice Pizza. I wish I had jumped on Coda earlier because now we're seeing it at plus 105, I think. I think we might even see it at a minus number by the time showtime hits. Yeah. Um, and I can't ignore it. Power of the Dog has been the favorite the entire time. Power of the Dog has been the favorite since probably January. But we see these films get steamed all the time. Uh, the freight train is, is too good to pass up. The Producers Guild gave it an award and it boosted it again, I think, from Sunday to Monday from plus 400 to like plus 110. Um, the SAGs also gave it its top prize. SAG doesn't do a best picture, but it's best ensemble cast. So Coda is my pick. I think if, if you can find Coda with a plus in front of its number, you're getting good value. So the one wrinkle in Colin's case for Coda for adapted screenplay is the fact that Power of the Dog wasn't eligible for the WGA. So uh, my pick for adapted screenplay is on Power of the Dog, although it's really against CODA, um, given the fact that we can still get Power of the Dog at plus 130. Also, screenplay is just so core to the success of this movie um, that I can see it definitely uh, perhaps upsetting CODA. As for Best Picture, I am also going with Power of the Dog. Uh, per Ben Zosmer's Oscar metrics, which we have been citing uh, indirectly throughout this podcast, since 1981, there has been only one Best Picture winner without a film editing nomination. And there have only been five Best Picture winners without a directing nomination, which does include Green Book only three years ago. But working against CODA is the fact that it has neither. Power of the Dog does have editing and directing nominations. It also has nominations in eight other categories, whereas CODA only has three. So I will be likely splitting my bet between Power of the Dog and Belfast as, a again, a bet against CODA winning. Yeah, Katie, I'm kind of with you. Uh, I, you know, I sat this category out because I can't consider it best bets at this point. But I will say this. Um, Colin mentioned how there's been a lot of steam on CODA. I do think that uh, I'm kind of with you, Colin, in that by the time uh, Sunday comes around, CODA is going to be a favorite and it's going to be, you know, at, at minus money. And that means Power of the Dog is going to be a, a plus money underdog. And that's what I'm looking to do. I'm looking to get in uh, Power of the Dog for Best Picture at plus money. Uh, it's already at plus money for screenplay. So, um, you know, I, I don't mind that as well. Although I do think that is 
that could be how they kind of divvy it up. And, you know, cause obviously there's a lot of love for Coda. Um, but that's what I'm really looking for is power of the dog at plus money for best pitcher. Um, and I'll close with this, you know, gold derby, you know, since 2016, uh, five of the six, uh, their number two um, choice has actually won it. And this year that's power of the dog because they're all kind of switching to Coda weight in the game. So quite an interesting uh, race here for best pitcher uh, and screenplay between Coda and power of the dog. But that is going to do it for our Oscars 22 best bets podcast here at the action network. I am Chris Raybon. You can find me on Twitter at Chris Raybon, R-A-Y-B-O-N. You can find Colin on Twitter at C-O Whitchurch. And you can find Katie at Katie S. Rich Creek. Be sure to check out actionnetwork.com for all of our Oscars and other gambling content. And be sure to check out our uh, Academy Awards preview podcast where we go over the eight major categories. Good luck this Sunday. Let's get this money. All right, you've really made this a night to remember in every way. Now let's go party till dawn. <laughs> <laughs>